Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Bobby Davis. Howdy. Come on, you can do better than that. Everybody say howdy. There's my bunch. Praise God. It's good to see you. We're so honored to be here. Uh, I do, let me just, let me just begin by saying, uh, I'm not just saying this. My staff will tell you this. I love, love, love your pastor. Uh, he has such a kingdom heart. I love your, the staff here. Uh, yeah, give him a hand. Give him a hand. He's a wonderful brother. You have a phenomenal staff that serves you. I was with them a few weeks ago, and just a great team here. But let me just, you're an awesome church. The way you reach out into the community and all the things you do. So I just want you to know it's an honor for me to be here with you, but also to partner with you guys throughout the days and years to come. Amen. So uh, let me just say this now. Pastor Steve, uh, he said he didn't want to say anything ugly or anything I've already been given this this morning when I came. I think this is the second or third time I've received river paraphernalia. So anyway, so I will say to Steve, here you go. Uh, it's an honor for me to wear this, this uh, hat. And I noticed they gave me Steve's shirt because I have the athletic cut. Uh, <laughs> I have V-shape, it's just upside down V. So anyway, enough of that, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it's alive and powerful. Lord, I thank you for this great church. Lord, I just ask you to continue to just bless them with your favor, your anointing. Father, just uh, just continue to expand their borders. And uh, so Holy Spirit, we ask you for the next few moments that you would teach us. You're the teacher. And so, Lord, open our eyes that we can see you. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to your church and then hearts to believe it and receive it. And we thank you for it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I will say this. So Pastor Steve came to preach for Life Church here a few weeks ago. And uh, so uh, I, I was out of town and I received a couple of texts from your pastor to let me know how things were going on at Life Church. And so would you show those? That's my desk. That's my toothbrush. <laughs> and that's the shower that we have. And that's your pastor. <laughs> Be proud and loud about it. Anyway, he's such a great guy. I texted him. I said, please tell me you're not using my toothbrush. Uh, I know you guys have been in a prayer series. And so Pastor Steve has asked me to uh, to, to bring, uh, I think, bring a close to the, the prayer uh, series and so I'm honored to do that. So my title uh, this weekend is Prayer Principles. Prayer Principles. You know there are principles to prayer. Uh, it ain't just throwing up some words. Matter of fact, the disciples, when they seen Jesus pray one time, and they saw him pray, and then they saw the results of his prayers, they said, could you teach us how to do that? Teach us to pray. And so there are prayer principles. I want to talk about three real quickly. And uh, the three are the purpose of prayer, the power of prayer, and the protocol of prayer. And so number one, let's look at the purpose of prayer. James chapter four, verse number two says this, you lust and do not have, 
You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Now, this is James, the half-brother of the Lord Jesus, and he's talking about prayer here. And listen, did you know that church history tells us that James was such a man of prayer that they actually uh, called him camel knees? And that's because he spent so much time on his knees before God that he actually had those kind of calluses on his knees. And if you think about it, what would drive a man like that to pray so much? Well, what if Jesus was your older brother? Could you imagine how many times Mary said, why can't you act more like Jesus? <laughs> we think we had it bad. But he was a prayer. He believed in prayer. And he says, listen, you guys lust, you crave. And he's talking about us as human beings. And he says, hey, y'all are craving stuff. You're wanting stuff. And wanting stuff's not bad. He said, but you're even getting into manipulation and intimidation, trying to claw your way to get it. He said, but if you just understand this principle, you do not have because you do not ask. And so he's encouraging us to be people of prayer because there's a purpose behind prayer. Notice this, James chapter 4, verse 6. But he gives, talk about God, he gives more grace. That great, the word grace means power, favor, ability. So he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, don't you notice this? So in chapter four, verse two, he says, hey, you guys are wanting stuff and you're even trying in your own efforts to get it, but you do not have because you do not ask. So the first thing is prayer. What is the purpose? Prayer is our invitation to God's participation. It is our invitation. Well, why is that important? Because God will never force him or his will upon you. He will never force himself upon us. So we have not because, so he says, listen, if you understand the purpose of prayer, it is our invitation to his participation. And then he says, you have not because you ask not. And then just a couple of verses down in verse six, he says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So let's break this down. So he's encouraging us in James chapter four, verse two. Hey, if you really need stuff and you want some stuff, and I'm a giver, I want to give you some stuff, it's God saying. He says, you don't have because you don't ask. You're trying to get it on your own efforts. And then in verse six, he says, now I want you to understand something. Now God gives more grace, but he resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Listen to this. Therefore we, you and I, we determine whether God resists us or assists us, not God. He says, he'll give you more grace. Therefore, he says, he resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. So you and I, we determine whether God resists us or assists us based on whether we're living in pride or humility. Do you see that? See, our humility brings God's ability. Now, what is the greatest expression of humility? So if you want God assisting you and not resisting you, if I want him resisting, assisting me instead of resisting me, then I have to live in humility and not in pride. So what is the greatest expression of humility? Can I tell you what it is? Prayer. See, when we think of pride, we think of someone who's arrogant, that, that, that thinks they're better than everybody else, that's got their nose up in the air. That's one form of pride. But listen, the 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 broadest form of pride in God's eyes is people who don't pray. They're dependent on their own ability and not his ability. Let me say it to you this way. 
therefore not to pray. Listen, if we don't, prayer is communication with God, right? Prayer is when I communicate with God. So not to pray is to communicate to God, I don't need you. Now that's, not, that's something we would never say, but that's exactly what we say when we don't pray. When I run out of the house, and we've all done this, but when I run out of the house and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I used to have little kids, now I don't. I got a grandbaby. She's awesome. Much prettier than my kids. But anyway, <laughs> but when, when I just run out of the house and I'm trying to get ready and brush my teeth and pour my coffee and hit the, hit the gas doing the speed limit. I would, I'm not like Steve. I don't speed. But anyway... But then I go and, and, and rush to work and I sit down and start making decisions and have staff meetings and all that. You know what I've, when I don't take time to stop, get up a little bit early and get down on my knees and say, God, would you help me today? Lord, help me, help me to be a better husband today. Help me be a better dad today. Help me be a better employer today. Help me to be a better neighbor today. Lord, I'm gonna be making decisions today. And Lord, I don't wanna make good decisions. I wanna make God decisions. And so, Lord, I'm asking you to help me. See, when I don't do that and I just rush out of the house, you know what I just told God? I don't need you. I don't need, I, I got it. I got it, God. How many's figured out you ain't got it? Now, I'm gonna ask that again. How many knows you ain't got it? You ain't got it. He got it. And the Bible says, if you want what he got, you gotta pray. I gotta pray. Prayer's our invitation to his participation. Um, prayer expe- uh, expresses dependence. On God, therefore, not to pray expresses our independence. Did you know that Jesus constantly expressed his dependence on his Father? Notice these scriptures. Luke 5, 15. However, the report went around concerning him all the more. This is talking about Jesus. And great multitudes came to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself, everybody say often, he himself, this is Jesus we're talking about, the one we just sung to. He, he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Listen, if the second member of the Trinity, while he was on earth, needed to often go to prayer, why do you and I think we can get by with so little? Mm, yeah, I'm making you feel good, this service. Praise God. Matthew 14, 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, talking about Jesus, he went up into the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening come, he was there alone. So Jesus often went to prayer. Now we've got him praying into the night. Mark chapter one, verse 35. Notice this one. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. And then Luke six, verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Do you see what our Lord did? He was saying, Father, I'm dependent on you. And it says he often went to prayer. He went to prayer and prayed into the night. Then it says he rose up a long while before daylight to pray. And then this one, it says he prayed all night to God. Now, you know what that was? That was the, the night before, the next day, he was choosing his disciples whom he was going to, as he, after he purchased the church, purchased our salvation, these boys are going to be in charge. That was a big decision. So he spent all night in prayer. How much time in prayer do you spend before making a decision? See, there's good decisions and there's God decisions. How many has ever made a good decision and find out it wasn't a God decision? Yeah, I have. Jesus is teaching us here, your 
dependency on God is expressed through prayer, and that expresses humility. And our humility brings God's ability. The Bible says in James 4, says we can either get God's assistance or his resistance based on whether we're in pride or humility. Now, I want to make something very clear here. I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. Jesus was, is, and always will be God. Okay? There was never a time in history, in, in existence, that Jesus was not God. I want to make that clear. However, when he was on the earth 33 years, he was a totally uh, a man dependent on his father. Let me show you. John 5, 19. Then Jesus answered said to them, most surely I'll say to you, the son can do what? Nothing of himself. You getting this? The son can do nothing of himself. He says, but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son does in like manner. John 5, 30, Jesus talking, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. John 14, verse 10, do you believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Jesus was absolutely God, never ceased to be God, but while on the earth, he was totally dependent on his Father. Notice this scripture, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus, that Christ Jesus had, though he was God. So get it. Don't, don't make no mistake. He's God. He did not think equality of God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he, uh, as a human being, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. So let me make this clear. Jesus never stopped being God, okay? But he laid aside for 33 years his divine privileges, and he became totally dependent on his Father. And we see that through his prayer life. Did you know that Jesus Christ did no miracles on earth as God? He did no, he depended totally on his father. He already said, the works that I do, it's the father doing it through me. Notice this, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And you know that God anointed, that word anointed means empowered. God empowered Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus, after he was empowered by God, then went around doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. It didn't say because he did all these miracles because he was God. Yes, he was God, but he didn't cling to the privileges of deity. And it says he depended on his father, and the father anointed him. Then he went around doing good and healing all who oppressed the devil, for God was with him. Jesus was absolutely dependent on the father. He was doing it to show us how much we need to depend on him. What? Through prayer. So number one, the purpose of prayer is it, it is our invitation to God's participation. It is our expression of humility that God, I can't do this without you. I can't be a good dad. I can't be a good mom. I can't be a good school teacher. I can't be a good doctor. I can't be a good pastor. I can't even be a good neighbor. I can't even handle the people who drive 68 miles an hour in the left lane on the way to Nashville. God, you better help me. You know what I've thought about doing? Because sometimes I really get aggravated if I'm going to Nashville and somebody's in the left lane. I'm going to put a river sticker on the back of my car and I'm going to let them have it. 
Number one, the purpose of prayer. Number two, the power of prayer. The power of prayer. James chapter 5, verse 16. So here we got James, camel knees, again, talking about prayer. Notice what he says. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. In the New Living, it says Elijah was just as human as you and I. Notice this. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not uh, rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Now, you talk about some powerful prayers. He stopped the weather for three years. And then he prayed again, and the weather, the rain returned. Now, here's the deal. We look at that and go, yeah, but that was Elijah. You know, like today, he'd be in a Marvel magazine. No, he wouldn't. No, he was just as human as you and I. Listen, Elijah was an ordinary man, but he had an extraordinary prayer life. We can be ordinary people, but if we get hold of an extraordinary, what's the difference in ordinary, uh, ordinary and extraordinary? The word extra. Listen, there are people on earth, you know this, who can do big favors for you. Big favors. It can be anything from fixing a speeding ticket for you up to a presidential pardon. So there are powerful people on planet Earth that can do some favors for you. But what the Lord wants us to see is there's a God in heaven that can do favors that no one else can do. Why? Because, see, their power, the human powers, their, their resources are limited. God's is unlimited. And he can do huge and wants to do huge favors for you and I. But it depends on our prayer life. Um, Think about, think about the favors God have done for people in the past. Take Moses. Moses was just human. All these people in the Bible, they weren't Marvel people, okay? And, and my staff gets on to me because I don't like Marvel movies. I said, I want something that's real, like Rambo taking out a whole army by himself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whatever. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. So Moses finds himself in a bad situation. He's obeyed God. He's went and tried to deliver uh, these, all these Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. And he gets to the Red Sea, and what happens? He's got the Red Sea there in front of him. He's got the Pharaoh's army behind him. You ever felt like you was in that spot? What am I going to do now? But Moses had a God in heaven with unlimited resources that could do big favors. And all God said was, Mo, Mo, scoot over. <laughs> Listen. He could do big favors for you. Now, if I spit on you over there, that's holy water. So uh. <laughs> think about Joshua a moment. Joshua, he's in a battle for his life and for Israel's life. And the Bible tells us if the sun went down, that, that Israel and Joshua would lose the battle. So what's Joshua do? He looks at the sun and prays and says, sun, stand still. And the Bible tells us that the sun stood still for a whole day. Now in our modern science, you know what happened there? the whole universe stopped. That's a dude that can do big favors. Are you dependent on him? Well, that's determined by do, you, do I pray? Do we pray? Yeah, we could go on and on with these stories. Daniel lines then. Shut the lines mouth. The three Hebrew children didn't get burned by the fire. Paul in prison. I mean, that's a bad place to be. They've beat him. They've chained him up, him and Silas. But he knew a God who did big favors. And so him and Silas just started singing praises to God. And evidently God liked the song and started patting his foot. And that old jail rumbled and the chains fell off. Listen, 
You've got a God in heaven who wants to do huge favors for you, but we have not because we ask not. Prayer is powerful. In the early days, I love this story. In the early days, Dallas Theological Seminary was in critical need of $10,000 to keep the work going. During a prayer meeting, renowned Bible teacher Harry Ironside, a lecturer at the school, prayed, Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Please sell some of those cattle to help us meet this need. Shortly after the prayer meeting, a check for $10,000 arrived at the school. Sent days earlier by a friend who had no idea of the urgent need of Ironside's prayer. The man simply said in the note, this money came from the sale of my cattle. (laughs) Oh, I don't believe in that. Then you won't ever see it. Don't worry about it. Listen, that brings me to my third point. The protocol of prayer. So the purpose of prayer, it's our invitation to God's participation. It's an expression of our humility. Our humility brings God's ability. Number two, the power of prayer. There's nothing more powerful we have in our lives than the power of prayer. Number three, the protocol of prayer. What is the protocol of prayer? The protocol of prayer is faith. Now, before you go into convulsions, I'm not the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, okay? I'm not one of those faith teachers. And listen, because I know that the message has somewhat gotten perverted, but you know what we do in the church? If somebody perverts a message, then we want to run away from it and get into error on the other side. I'm going to prove to you through the Scriptures that the protocol of prayer is faith. I'm not going to prove to it from my own opinion, from the Scriptures. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Talking about God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Is faith important? It's impossible to please God without it. Notice now Hebrews 11.1. This is going to tell us what faith is. Hebrews 11.6 tells us we better have it or we ain't going to please God. Hebrews 11.1 tells us what it is. Now, faith is the, everybody say substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, faith is not just a great imagination or hoping something, you know, wishing something to come true. No, this says faith is substance. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So let me, let me, let me explain it this way. This dollar is the currency in America. It's our American currency. If we want to transact in America we must release these dollars. Uh, if I'm hoping for a Coke, it will take more than this dollar on it nowadays. Uh, it might be like two or three of these. I'm not going to promise you that. Anyway, it's the substance that I release to get what I'm hoping for. Did you know that faith is kingdom currency? Faith is kingdom currency. Again, I'm not over here in there. I'm going to prove it to you through Scripture. But if I want to receive from God, faith is the currency I release to God to get what it is I'm hoping for. Um, Let me say this. Until I realized this, so I grew up in church. My dad was a Baptist preacher my whole life. He went home to be with the Lord in 2003. And so grew up in his churches and stuff. And here's where I got a little disgruntled is we would have prep. You ever remember the, the prayer meetings at the altar? I'm sure you do that here. That help. And what, what discourages this little preacher's kid is I saw a lot of people going to the altar, but not very many things altering. Just being honest with you now. 
I'm, li- I'm preaching better than you're letting on. But anyway, uh, we'll keep going. You know what we thought? We thought that God was moved by our need. I want to make a statement. God's not moved by your need. God's moved by your faith. God cares about your need. God absolutely cares about your need. But if God was moved by need, there'd be no needs met all over the world. Let me make a, 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 a strong statement here. Why has America been so blessed? It goes back to our foundation. Now, people are trying to tear it up now, but our foundation, you go read our forefathers. Our first president said, no man can rightly govern without God in the Bible. They believed not only in, in, in faith, they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Go back and read the former documents. That's what made us so blessed. Listen, I have preached in countries five times, as, ten times as old as our country. I've preached in China at a Bible school in China. And, and, I, and I see their faith when I go into that room. But then I, I come back. I remember coming back from China. They're 5,000 year history. How did America in 200 years become so powerful and so blessed in 200 years? We're the infant nation in the world. It was our faith. It was our foundation. That's how. Faith matters to God. So God's not moved by need. He's moved by faith. Let me prove it to you. I'm going to give you some homework if you don't believe what I'm saying. So we said the dollar is American currency. So when you leave here, go over to Kroger, take some eggs, put it up on the counter, and say, I need those. See what they do. You can even say, no, no, I really need those. Turn it into an altar. No, I really, I really need those. I really. You're not leaving there with eggs. You take your need and your currency and you leave there with eggs. Let me tell you something. God cares about our need, but he's looking for our faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Let me prove it to you. James chapter one, verse number five. So here's, we got James again. Mr. Camel Knees, Mr. Prayer, notice what he says. If any of you lacks wisdom, now let me stop here a minute. No matter what you lack from God, it could be peace, joy, reconciliation, relationship, whatever we need from God, we go to God, the Bible says, and we'll have it. But notice, he's talking about wisdom here, and notice what it says. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Let her ask of God, okay? What's that mean? Go to prayer. Who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. But they don't stop there. Here comes the but. The but always getting away. It says, hey, whatever you need, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Come, who, who God's a liberal giver and gives to everyone. Notice this, but let him ask in faith. With no doubting. For whoever doubts is like a wave of the sea driven tossed by the wind. Notice this one, guys. Lean in, lean in. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Do you see this? I mean, sometimes I, I remember when I read that scripture years ago, and it's like it left off the page, and I'm like, God, how long has that been in there? He reminded me, about 2,000 years, Bobby. It's not a new book. <laughs> Do you see that? If you like, hey, if you lack something, come to God. He's a liberal giver, but, but. You come with faith. You come, with, bring your need with kingdom currency. Why? Because if you don't come in faith, let not that person expect to receive anything from the Lord. Matthew 9, 28. Let's look at how important Jesus saw it. Matthew 9, 28. And when he had come into the house, this is Jesus, the blind man came to him and said, and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, get a hold of this phrase, according to your faith, 
let it be to you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, see that no one knows it. That's what Jesus said. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Matthew 9, 22. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. I want you to notice what Jesus didn't say. Jesus didn't say, cheer up, girl. My power made you well. He didn't say that. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Now, what are you saying, Bobby? Listen, Jesus's power was absolutely necessary. There's no, we're not going to receive any kind of breakthrough in our life or healing in our life without the power of Jesus Christ, but the power of God, okay? But he didn't say, my power made you well. He said, your faith made you well. Why? Because his power is never the issue. His power is never the issue. You know, uh, to receive from God, it requires his power and our faith. So this is a power outage, uh, outage, outlet that goes, uh, that, that's in my bedroom that I plug my iPad and different things into. So the power's there, but see, I got to plug into the power for it to affect anything I want to affect. What Jesus was saying is there's nothing, my power never goes out. My power is always available. Do you plug into my power with your faith? Notice this, notice this. Matthew 15, 28. Then Jesus said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And, his, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. Mark chapter 10, verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Luke seven fifty. Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Luke eight forty eight. And he said to her, daughter, be a good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Luke 17, 19. And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Luke 18, 42. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. See, Jesus never emphasized his power because his power is never the issue. On earth, we experience power outages, right? Do you know heaven, heaven never has those? The, the lights never blink in heaven. Oh, Father, what happened? No, no. Heaven's power is always available. Never has power. What happens is we can experience faith shortages. Let me show you what I mean. I'm going to prove it to you through Scripture. Mark 6, 4. Mark chapter 6, verse 4. Up until Mark chapter 6, if you go read, Jesus was going from town to town. He came through Sparta, hit Cookville, made his way to Livingston, and he was opening blind eyes. He was healing people. He was going to Captain D's and getting a number three and feeding the whole town. I mean, he was doing some stuff. Are you with me? Go, go study it. Then he gets to Mark chapter 6, and notice this. But Jesus said to them, A prophet's without honor and except in his own country, among his own relatives, among, in his own house. Now, get a hold of this. Lean in. He could do no mighty work there. What? Didn't say he wouldn't do. It said he could do no mighty work there. Why? Except they laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. One translation says minor ailments. And he, everybody say marveled. He marveled because of their unbelief. All the villages before this one, he's doing signs and wonders and the people are out there touching his robe and he comes to here and it says he could do no mighty works there. Why? Because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. We're going to come back to that. See, 
Jesus did not get to Mark chapter 6 and all of a sudden an extension cord pulled out of the wall. No, no, no. No, he had the same power in this village that he had in all the other villages. It says he marveled because of their unbelief. Now, let me show you this side of it. Mark, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. Another will come, and he comes. And he, come, and he comes to my servant. Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he, everybody say it again one more time, marveled. He marveled and said to those who followed, surely I say to you, I've not found such great faith in all of Israel. Listen, twice in the gospels, Jesus marvels twice. The first time because of people's unbelief, the second time because of great faith. Do you make Jesus marvel? Do I make Jesus marvel? And do I make Jesus marvel because of my unbelief, or because of my great faith? Listen, here's what I want you to see. This man, so he goes to that one village and they didn't honor him. They didn't believe he could do it. And so he could do nobody works there. This guy had such great faith. He says, I, I, Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. He goes, oh, no, no, no. I know who you are. You ain't got to come. Just speak the word, bud. I know you have authority on earth. All you got to do is speak the word. And Jesus said, wow, I've not found this kind of faith in all of Israel. Now, I want to tell you what I'm not teaching. I am not teaching because I want to make sure this is balanced, that our faith controls God. Some people get into that. God becomes a little genie and you rub his belly. No, 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 no. I'm not teaching that. Hear me? I'm not teaching that our faith controls God, that he is somehow subject to our faith. What I am saying is our faith makes us subject to God. He requires it. He requires our faith. It's impossible to please him without it. It is the protocol to prayer. So I'll end with this. Can we increase our kingdom currency? Just like we can increase and make deposits in our bank accounts financially. Can we make deposits in our faith account? Well, let's look. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Very familiar scripture. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the Bible says that every time you and I read the Word of God or hear the Word of God, that faith comes. We are making deposits in our faith account. I say it like this. He or she who reads well, prays well. The more of the Word you get in you, the better you pray. You can go ask Life Church. I am always, nearly every weekend, read your Bible, 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 read your Bible. And when are you going to stop doing that? When they start reading their Bible. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. You know another reason you should read your Bible? Because there's all kinds of teachers, including this one, out there in the world. If you don't know what's in there, you don't know when you're being taught error. Read your Bible. Listen. He who reads well, she who reads well, prays well. Why? Because they come to God with faith, not just need. Now, you remember... Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. When Jesus went to that village in Mark 6 and it says he could do no mighty works there, remember that? What did he do when he saw, he marveled at their unbelief? Immediately, what did he do? He went through the village and started teaching. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Let me tell you something. Here's the best way not to have great faith. Just spend all your time on social media, reading that garbage, watching the news, watching Netflix, 
and very, very little time reading your word, you're not going to have great faith. Great faith doesn't, listen, faith doesn't come by social media. Faith doesn't come by Netflix. Faith doesn't come, faith absolutely does not come by watching the news. Do you know faith comes by hearing? Also fear comes from what you hear. That's why Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Take heed. Shouldn't be, listen, these ain't trash cans. There shouldn't just be anything going in there. It's programming you. It's programming me. So if you want to grow your faith and increase your faith account so you can pray well, listen to this. Get off Facebook and get your face in the book. That'll grow your faith. I'm preaching better than you're listening, but that's okay. I'm going back to life church, praise God. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm in with this. Often people will say, I just don't know God hears me when I pray. I've been there. You ever thought that? I, you know, Pastor Steve tells us to pray and all these other pastors tell us to pray, but I just don't know that God hears me when I pray. I'm going to show you a scripture that you can know. Listen to me. Look in your right in the eyeballs. You can know God hears you every time you pray. Here it is. 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence. Another word for confidence is faith. I can say I have confidence in you or I can say I have faith in you. It means the same thing. So this is the confidence or the faith that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we've asked of him. Woo, get a hold of that. This says, if you want to know that God hears you every time you pray, then here's what you do. It says, this is the confidence, the faith that we have in him, that if we pray anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know, he goes on, leaves the word belief and says no. And we know if he hears us, that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. So, Pastor Bob, how do I know God's will? Glad you asked. He wrote it down for you. God's word is God's will. God's word's God's will. That's why I say he or she who reads well prays well, because they're praying in line with the will of God. See, there are some, now not at the river, not at the river, but there's some kooky Christians out there. You ever met them? <laughs> you may be thinking, I'm looking at one. Whatever. <laughs> Listen. But no, there are people... Over the years, we've asked me to hook up with them and pray with them about something that is absolutely not the will of God. God don't hear that prayer. God does not hear that prayer. I mean, there have been people that, that's gone to pastors, including me, and said, hey, I want you to pray with me about, I want to marry this person. First of all, I don't get involved in that. <laughs> you marry who you want to. I ain't getting involved in that. Come to find out, one of the people, the person they wanted to marry, was married. Oh, they wouldn't have, you ain't met all the body of Christ, I'm telling you. Granolas, nuts and flakes. <laughs> God ain't going to hear that prayer. Why? Because it's not according to his will. But if you will pray, if I will pray, if we'll pray according to God's will, the Bible says God will hear us, and if he hears us, we have what we've asked for. I'll tell you often what I've done in prayer. If I'm, if I'm in, in a situation where I need God to move or, or I'm praying for someone and I know it's, you know what I often will do? See, the Bible says, the Lord said, put me in remembrance of my word. And he says this, I'll watch over my word to perform it. See, God is not interested in performing yours and mine carnal desires. Because sometimes if we got what we prayed for, we'd really be messed up. Okay. 
But he says, if you'll put me in remembrance of my word, I watch over my word to perform it. So there's times that I have gotten on my knees and I have laid my Bible out. And I've said this to the Lord. Lord, you said for me to put you in remembrance of your word and that you watch over your word to perform it. This is not about my carnal desires. And, and if I'm on a certain issue, then I will say, so Lord, you told me to do this. So I'm gonna read you your word. Please listen. And I will read him the word of God and then I'll set myself in agreement with his will. You wouldn't believe how many times those prayers have been answered. It's phenomenal. So the prayer principles, prayer principles. Number one, the purpose of prayer. What is it? It's telling God, I can't do this without you. I don't want to do life without your assistance. And I sure don't want your resistance. So it's our dependency. Number two, the power of prayer. Listen, your education can take you a lot of places. Your social status can take you a lot of places, but prayer can take you all the way to the throne of God with unlimited resources. So the power of prayer. And number three, the protocol of prayer. We've got to pray in faith. Yes, God cares about our need, but we've got to go to him believing and trusting that we know that you're able exceedingly abundantly to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Amen? Amen. Let me pray over you. Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, once again, thank you for this great church. Thank you for what they're doing in this community. Lord, continue to bless them with your favor. Lord, I pray just a uh, uh, blessing on the people of the River Church. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over every person, over every family. Father, thank you that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, no plague come nigh their dwelling. Lord, I pray that you'll order their steps. You said the steps of righteous order of the Lord. So, Lord, order their steps in paths of peace and grace and favor and ability. And I thank you for it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, guys. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. If you were encouraged by this podcast, then we want to encourage you to like, follow, rate us on whatever platform that you are listening to. If you want more information about the church and things going on, visit theriverCC.com or download our app. Again, thank you so much for listening to the River Community Church Podcast.